You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Hey, and welcome back to the Mind Your Home Podcast. My name is Mia Danielle, and I am the host of this place, this little space on the internet. And today we're going to be talking about emotions, specifically the emotions that kind of come along with decluttering and downsizing your stuff. And it holds most people back. This is like, this is the real reason that those people who really want to follow through with getting you know, streamlined, decluttered, simplified home spaces, never follow through with it. Why they like approach the subject and print out a million different free checklists online, which incidentally is, I, I, you know, I should start this whole anti-checklist checklist, which is kind of what I've done. I, I created a little four-step checklist. If you haven't already seen it, it's on my blog. I'll even link it down here in the podcast notes. Um, four-step checklist that approaches you know, the idea of a checklist for decluttering in a whole different way. It actually separates it by kind of hangups that we get on a more emotional level versus just, okay, go through the kitchen and check, check, check all of these areas. Because honestly, it's never another tip or another checklist or another little technique that we need to get you to the next level. So if you're listening to this podcast, then I assume that you have some kind of an interest, some kind of a vested interest in creating some kind of a, a beautiful haven in your home space, you know, some space that's clutter free, that, you know, goes along with your daily flow and supports you and makes you feel good just being inside of it. So look, I've done a lot of surveys. I've read a lot of, of surveys of, you know, like what what is your main hang up? What's your main issue when it comes to getting the clutter out? And it's always kind of the same, you know, different wording repetition of the same four or five different things. You know, it just feels too overwhelming. Just even considering it, just looking at it, it just feels overwhelming. You know, it makes me feel anxious to think about letting these things go. What if I need it someday? What if what if I miss it? It makes me feel anxious or sad, right? It could be like, you know, you're going through your belongings after a divorce and everything that you're looking at, all of these shared memories or after the loss of a loved one, you know, just makes you feel sad and you just want to put it somewhere else where you're not even having to face that reality. Or, you know, um, other people have given me these things and I don't want to seem ungrateful. I don't want to be, you know, I feel kind of kind of obligated to hold on to these things because I don't want to seem ungrateful. And if you listen to all of these things, they're probably some of them that you have said before yourself. They don't, none of them have to do with, uh, you know, like a five-step process. None of them have to do with technicalities of going through stuff. Every single one of them has an emotional word attached. It's all about emotions and about the way that you view it. So in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about two different levels of emotions that relate to downsizing and decluttering your stuff because you may not realize that the stuff is going on behind the scenes. We see things at a surface level. We see things, you know, with our analytical brain on the on the technical surface of what we can view with our eyes and you can't really view emotions with your eyes, right? It's a whole different level. And 
acknowledging your emotions will help you to move forward. Avoiding your emotions, avoiding all of these negative feelings only leads to rationalization and self-sabotage and going around in that same cycle of, okay, I'm going to do this. No, I don't need to do this. Okay, I'm going to do this. Not today. I'm not going to do this. Um, And, you know, this is why, again, so many people accept defeat when they truly want to declutter and simplify their spaces. Which brings us to this first layer of emotional clutter that we're going to talk about today, the first layer of emotions as it relates to downsizing and decluttering our stuff. And that is, are you avoiding the true emotional reason for your clutter in the first place? Because truthfully, you could find justifications for keeping all of your belongings if you wanted. You could go through every single tiny little thing, even the ones that just absolutely look ridiculous to hold on to, and you could come up with a valid rationalization for holding on to that thing. So the first layer to address here is why do you have the clutter? And there are typically three emotional reasons that we tend to collect and hold on to things. Those are fear, sentiment, and avoidance. And all three of those things boil back down to a base emotion. So let's talk just briefly about fear. This is something that I go into way more detail about in my course, Clutter Cure. We really start honing in and seeing like what your specific hang up is and just breaking that stuff down. But just like for a quick surface level review, let's just talk a little bit about some of these things. Okay, so the most common is obviously fear. Um, if we have fear of the future, you know, fear of losing touch with the past. If we let go of some things from our past or from our kids' childhood or, you know, any anything from the past. Um, the fear of the future is kind of captured in this phrase of, you know, better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. This whole misguided logic that allows you to collect items Who's to say that you won't need them someday, right? You know, you might need them. You might have some, you know, you could come up with all these stories of, you know, what if this happens someday? What if my roof gets a hole in it? And then all of a sudden I need, you know, this, this and this that I've never actually used before. You never know, right? And and when you think about things in that type of fear-based storytelling logic, if you want to call it logic, <laughs> really, it's not based on logic at all. It's actually based on emotion. It's based on this um, Um, you know, this fear and imagination and story that may or may not be influenced by your history. You know, it it may have something to do with, well, I I had this bad experience before and that is never going to happen again. So instead, I'm going to be overprepared. And that can add its own extra layer of, you know, fear for letting go of different things that you might need. It could be, you know, it could be like just a number of, of different types of situations or limiting beliefs, whatever it is at the base of that is this fear that if you let go of this thing that otherwise would seem to the rest of the world to be clutter, I'm not talking about the things that you actually need, like, you know, a plate to eat your food on and, you know, stuff like that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the things that are clutter that you're not using that are just taking up space in your home that on some level you really want to let go of, but you can't seem to bring yourself to do that because every time you're holding that thing in your hand, And making that decision on whether to hold it or let go of it, your brain automatically goes into story mode. It goes into this whole fear-based, anxiety-based, you know, what if? What if this happens? Well, what if that happens? Well, 
it's not hurting anything, so I'll just keep it. And then when you start doing that with so many different things, now all of a sudden your space is being bombarded. You're self-sabotaging your own space because of all of these little anxieties and fears. Okay, so fear is one of the primary reasons that we hold on to a bunch of stuff that we don't need. And then you have sentimentality. Okay, so these are sentimental items, which, you know, some sentimental items is okay, right? It's kind of like I always use this example. There's nothing wrong with eating a candy bar. But when you start eating like 50 candy bars, 60 candy bars, then you got a problem, right? Then you're starting to self sabotage your body and your health and all of that good stuff. And we do the same thing when we're talking about our home spaces. There's nothing wrong with holding on to a few truly sentimental items. But what tends to happen is we start to get into like this whole um, sentimental lens of looking at the world around us to where everything starts to feel emotional and sentimental. Every little thing that you're coming across, you know, has some kind of memory attached to it, right? Like we're humans, we form memories. This is how our brain categorizes and records information. And we attach a lot of that to belonging. So, you know, the truth is the majority of your belongings that you own are going to have some kind of memory attached to it. Even the ones that aren't great memories or even the ones that aren't really, you know, powerful memories, they'll have some kind of memory attached to them. So um, you, when you start to over identify as a being either just a quote, sentimental person, like I'm just sentimental, it's just the way I am, there's nothing I can do about it, which let me just say, is a limiting belief in itself. Yes, we all have our own personalities. We all have our own, you know, unique characteristics. Some people are more sensitive in nature than others. That's not what I'm talking about. When you start using that as an excuse to hold yourself back from being able to achieve things that you're wanting, whether that's in your space or, you know, with setting boundaries in your life by just saying, I'm too sentimental, it's just the way I am, then you're starting to turn some natural traits into a limiting belief into chains that are kind of holding you back. That's a whole different scenario. Like that's not that's not the the intent behind all of us being unique and having these beautiful traits that we can, you know, kind of bring to the world. And, you know, of course, we don't all want to be exactly the same. But just keep in mind, like, are you using your quote, quote, natural natural traits? Or are you using I'm just too sentimental? Are you using that as a limiting belief? And as a barrier, a roadblock holding you back from making progress? Because if that's the case, then you're turning that delicious candy bar into a source of self-sabotage, okay? So I always say just in general, if everything's sentimental, nothing is sentimental. Because what is sentimental if not something that is special as in standing out from and away from the rest, okay? So moving on, and then the third type of emotional reason that we hold on to too much stuff is something it's avoidance. Okay, in the book, it's uh, titled apathy and avoidance, because really, the two can go hand in hand. But really, I would say any kind of major avoidance, and that could be something as simple as, you know, laziness, you just 
don't feel like messing with anything. You're just going to close your eyes and walk up to your room and not open them again until Netflix is on and just kind of ignore everything else that's going on around you. Um, And laziness in itself could be due to a number of different reasons. You know, you could be feeling lazy because you're so stressed out about things that are happening elsewhere in your life at work and in your personal relationship and you just don't want to have to deal with anything else. Um, It could be, I mean, obviously, it could be just a number of different reasons that lead you to feeling a certain way uh, physically or emotionally or spiritually or just, you know, you could be going through something um, like an illness or depression and all of these things impact where you are and how you're responding to your environment. Some of them you have more control over than others. But with the just general whole avoidance issue of avoiding the problem because you don't want to deal with it, that in itself is an emotion that can cause you to build up clutter and not ever really follow through or really take action on making change. Even though a part of you knows that you would feel better if you did, you know that it's kind of a catch-22. You you know that if you could just, you want to make the change, but just getting yourself up and making those, you know, taking those actions. Um, another type of avoidance doesn't have anything to do with laziness. It could be avoidance with setting boundaries in your life for other people. Avoidance with, you know, telling people, hey, you know what, please please don't buy me any more of these particular things because it's just going to kind of, I don't really need it right now. It's going to end up in a drawer somewhere and I'm trying to keep things, keep the clutter down. You know, learning to just not be confrontational, but be confident in setting boundaries and telling people where you are. You can say things in a nice way that nobody would think twice about, but they don't know if you don't say it. And if you're not setting boundaries, then nobody's going to follow these boundaries that you wish you had set. Okay, you have to take the steps to set the boundaries. And I have a whole different podcast on setting boundaries, but just understanding that that is one of the types of avoidance that can really uh, come back to bite you in the butt over and over and over again, because it takes time to set boundaries. It takes time for people to realize that, oh, she's serious about that. That's not just something that she was saying, you know, as a one and done type of thing. And it could be like with your partner, it could be with your kids, it could be with friends and family who are, you know, gift giving a lot. It could be with yourself, setting boundaries for yourself, for, you know, your, your shopping habits and impulses, or for, you know, like putting things away when you're done with them. All of these different things, okay? But when you look at, again, this is just one level of the emotions, one level of emotions that keep you from letting go of the clutter, decluttering and downsizing and holding you back is the reason that you have the stuff to begin with, the emotional-based reason that you're holding on to the things in the first place. Are, are you experiencing fear? Are you experiencing too much sentimentality? Are you experiencing apathy and avoidance? And if any of these are the case, that's great. If you can identify them and you know they're the case, that's great because then it's just a matter of nailing down, like drilling down to the source of that problem. So why? Why are you feeling avoidance? Why don't you feel like, you know, getting started? Uh, Are you in avoidance because in your mind, you're thinking that it's going to be too overwhelming and it's going to be too much work. Okay, why do you feel like it's going to be overwhelming? How could you make some changes to your approach that would make it feel less so? So you see what I'm saying, right? You nail down on one big problem, you, you drill down to the next level of that problem, and eventually you're at the root and you're making progress. 
So let's go ahead and move on to this next emotional layer we're going to be talking about. And this is really more situational based. Okay, so this is going to be based on the emotions that are surrounding your particular downsizing cause or your particular downsizing situation. And if you listen to last week's episode, um, I discussed, you know, a lot of different downsizing reasons or downsizing conditions or situations that you might run into at various points in your life. Some of them are based on life transitions, like a divorce, going through belongings, going through a loved one's belongings after a death, um, after your kids go off to college, or if they're moving from being a baby with with nursery stuff and you're having to downsize that and, and change that out for now a big kid type of room. And then again, when you have to do it because they become teenagers and don't like any of the stuff they had before, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it could be like just try transitions like that. It could be, um, you know, that you're just wanting to declutter and minimize your house. And so you're just, that's your situation you're going through and you're trying to to relieve some of the stress, give yourself more energy, more time, get out the stuff, maybe even rearrange things a little bit to give you a little bit of a fresh visual inside of your space, you know, freshen things up. Uh, Obviously, there are tons of different situations that could lead you to downsizing and decluttering your stuff. So this second layer of emotions is based on whatever that situation is. The emotions that you experience during these transitions or these times of downsizing are dependent on three factors. Number one, the situation that's leading you to downsize or declutter. Number two, the result of this situation. And number three is either your expectations for the future or we'll just call it your outlook. Okay, so you got the situation, the result, and the outlook. So the situation is going to be what's causing this downsize to occur in the first place, what's brought you to going through this whole process. And you can see how different situations could kind of put a positive or a negative spin on the entire downsizing situation altogether. So for example, if you're downsizing because you're being evicted from your apartment, Maybe you lost your job. Maybe somebody who was living with you moved out due to a breakup or, you know, them just moving on. Who knows? But for whatever reason, now you're having to downsize all of your belongings to be able to fit into a single room. We'll say that the result of this situation is that now you're having to move in with your sister and you're having to move into one of her spare bedrooms. Therefore, you're having to downsize all of your current apartment's belongings into whatever you have that will fit into that one room. Okay, so this situation is not necessarily a positive situation. You're having to basically be forced to leave the spot that you're in now. Maybe it wasn't something that you chose to do. It wasn't something that you are looking forward to. Okay, so that's kind of already like a little bit of a a negative emotion on the project, the downsizing project itself. But then you have the result of that situation. And in this case, the result is that you're moving into a bedroom with your family member. Now, how you feel about that could determine be determined by many things. It could be determined by how good your relationship is with your sister. You know, maybe this is kind of a positive thing because you're getting to spend more time with your nephews and you're excited to get to go back home for a while. And, you know, you can spin it into a positive thing, which kind of brings us to the third 
dependent factor, the third aspect, which is your outlook on the situation as a whole. How are you spinning the situation? What storyline are you adding to it? And, you know, is the result something that you can tweak or transform or change to being something that you can have a positive mental result for at the end? Okay, so at the end of the day, these three things, the situation, the result, and your outlook are going to influence how easy or difficult the downsizing part of the project, letting go of the belongings, going through that stuff, how difficult all of that is going to be. It's all based in that sense on your emotions surrounding the downsizing project. So if it's a positive situation, you just got a promotion, you're moving to a bigger house, you're moving to a new city you've always wanted to go to. And now you're, you know, downsizing your belongings for this big move that you're about to make. Now that's a positive situation. It could be the exact same belongings. You could have the exact same attachment to the belongings as in the other situation, same person, same stuff. But in, the, in this case, the situation, in one case, the situation is a positive situation. And in the other case, it is clearly seen as a negative situation. So the vibes, the energy, the amount of effort that you're going to have to put into going through the belongings, the level of avoidance, the level of, you know, all of the different emotions and factors that are going to influence whether or not this is an easy peasy downsizing project or something that you're going to really struggle with and you're not really going to want to do at all. Is, is a lot of it is dependent on that situation. Now, beyond the situation, as you could see, it can vary, right? The, the results of the situation, what you choose to do with it, what actions you're taking as a result of that situation can, again, be positive or negative. It could be that the person who lost their job and is being evicted spins that around into a positive. They make the result of that, that now they're going to go traveling and do some things that they've always wanted to do in in that sense of the world. Now they're going to take the time to go visit some friends that they haven't seen in a long time. They've spun the result into something that is seen as a positive result. And in that case, even though the situation was negative, they're still going to find it a little easier to go through this progress because they found a positive in the situation or in the result itself. We almost never have complete control over the situation. Sometimes we do. Sometimes it's because we decided to declutter. We've chosen to minimize our belongings. But for a lot of transitions, for a lot of downsizes, it's not necessarily that we have control over the situation itself. Sometimes we have control over the result of the situation. Sometimes we're able to take the situation, whatever it is, and create a result that is palatable. We can create a result that's going to work with us. Let's say that you're a senior who's downsizing because you're having trouble going up and down the stairs, so you need a smaller space. You're having trouble keeping up with all of the belongings and all the maintenance that goes with it, and you don't wanna do yard work anymore, so you're, you're ready to downsize. Okay, that in itself, that situation could be a positive or negative. It could be something you wanted or it could be something that due to physical conditions, you're kind of being pushed to do. All right. But even if you're being pushed to do it, the result of that could be that you're going to stay with your daughter and spend a lot of time with your grandkids. That could be a positive in itself or it could be a negative, you know. Everything just comes down to the part that you really have full control over, which is your outlook and your expectations for the future. 
I know people sometimes probably get tired of hearing mindset is everything, you know, get your mind right. Outlook is key, you know, but at the end of the day, your emotions run a lot of the show. We don't like to let our emotions run the whole show, but there's no denying the fact that your emotions, your mindset, how you feel about situations and the results of those situations makes an immense amount of difference. And when you're talking about being able to go through your belongings to be to let things go effortlessly versus struggling, dragging on, becoming this overwhelming project. A part of making that process effortless is getting your mind and getting your emotions on board with what's happening, whatever the situation is. Getting your getting your mindset in, in these uh, examples, getting your outlook in line with something that's positive, something that you can get on board with regarding the current situation and the results of that situation, even though that doesn't directly seem like it influences the stuff that you're putting in boxes or the stuff that you're taking to donation. It doesn't necessarily directly influence the emotions or the attachments that you have about those belongings. It still matters. So that's why this level of emotions also matters when it comes to decluttering and downsizing. So hopefully you're able to, to get this. I go into a lot, a lot of detail. In fact, I mentioned these these um, three dependent factors for emotional downsizing all throughout my book, Downsizing, which is the five-step method for life transitions, big and small. You've heard me talk about that uh, last episode on the podcast. And really, we just talk a lot in this book about different types of transitions, the logistics that go along with downsizing for them, and the emotions. 50% of this book is about working you through the emotions for each different type of downsizing transition, for each type of situation. And the three steps that come up over and over again is getting down to the situation, getting down to the result of that situation and how much control you have over it. And then, you know, breaking down the the outlook and some other, you know, key outlooks that you could consider in place of some of the ones that you might be holding on to. So if you haven't checked out the book yet, I'll put the link down in the podcast for that as well. It is available for pre-order right now over on Amazon. And again, it's called Downsizing, the five-step method for life transitions big and small. Hopefully you got a lot out of this today, the two levels of emotions to really focus on to make decluttering and downsizing easy, to make it effortless. That's my goal always is to make it easy and effortless for you. So just as a quick recap, Those two levels are your emotions of the clutter itself, why you're holding on to it, what kind of emotional attachment you have. Remember, we talked about fear, sentimentality, avoidance. And then the second level of emotions is the situational emotion, which is broken down into the situation, the result, and the outlook. I hope you got a lot out of this podcast today. If you haven't already, please jump over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It makes me very happy and it helps people to be able to find this podcast who might really be able to benefit from this information. I'll catch you next week and you guys have a fabulous week. 